Well, this morning we are back in the book of Hebrews, uh, having not been there the last couple of weeks as we uh, celebrated a global missions week and had visiting missionaries each of the last two Sundays. So that means we were last in Hebrews uh, three weeks ago when we wrapped up chapter two. And if you remember, at the very end of chapter 2, Jesus is described in verse 17 as a merciful and faithful high priest. And this is central uh, to this letter uh, that we have, uh, central to uh, our understanding of the gospel. And so we we now shift into chapter 3. And chapter 3 focuses on the faithfulness of this priest, Uh, the the faithfulness of our priest, by comparing Jesus to Israel's most revered servant of God, Moses. So our passage this morning is Hebrews uh, chapter 3, we'll be in the first six verses. And as we read it in just a moment, it's helpful to recognize the parallels between Moses and Jesus. That just as Moses led the people of God out of bondage uh, from Egypt, uh, led them through the wilderness and, and to the promised land, so too Jesus leads his people out of bondage, bondage to sin and death, and through this wilderness of life and a broken world on our way to the promised land, our forever home. And so let's pray, and then we'll hear God's word together. Lord, good and gracious God, uh, once again, we come before you this morning. You who are worthy. We come before you and ask that you would awaken our hearts. Awaken us heart and mind, body and soul. Awaken us to your word, living and active. We ask that you would would now direct our attention away from those things that so easily distract us and focus our attention on Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So now hear the word of God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters... You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory, as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. And this is God's word. Well, as as some of you know, I I grew up in northeast Georgia, uh, about an hour north of Atlanta. 
And one of the things that, that my family would often do uh, over the weekends is we would, we would head up into the Northeast Georgia mountains. And one of the places that we would visit from time to time is called Tallulah Gorge. Uh, it's a, a two-mile stretch, a huge uh, canyon, and, and there's a plaque uh, that, that shows where back in 1970, a high-wire artist by the name of Carl Walenda, uh, he tightrope walked across that canyon. And that high-wire cable stretched a quarter of a mile, a quarter of a mile across that canyon, a thousand feet high above the bottom, the canyon floor, and of course, without a safety net. And I remember as a kid just standing on the edge and looking over and thinking, no way. I mean, how, how in the world does somebody do that without falling? Well, like with all high wire artists, he followed one basic rule. Keep your eyes focused on the destination and never look down. Well, you know, the, the writer of Hebrews is telling us that the Christian life is pretty much like that. that. That's how we are to live the Christian life. And did you notice the one command in our passage? There's just one here this morning. And the one imperative is found in verse 1. Consider. Consider Jesus. Now, we hear, hear the word consider, and it doesn't seem to have a whole lot of force for us. And, well, that's because the, uh, the original word here, it has much more force, much stronger, saying concentrate, put all your attention on Jesus, keep your eyes on him, stay focused, stay focused and hold on to Jesus. But why? Why do that? Well, for at least two reasons that we find in our passage, because of who you are, and because of who he is. Because of who you are and because of who he is. And so let's talk about those two reasons. And so first, stay focused on Jesus because of who you are. And who are we? Well, one of the things that we see here is that we are his family. We're his family. Notice how the author addresses us in verse 1. Uh, calls us holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling. And so we are reminded here of the radical identity change for those of us who are in Christ. Yes, still struggling is sin, but referred to here as holy. And we're holy in that we have been set apart. Set apart by God and for God's eternal purposes. Further, we've been brought into a new family, and that means that our that fellow Christians are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And of course, if you remember back in chapter 2, that's where we saw that Jesus is our brother, our elder brother. And as such, we share in a heavenly calling, uh, headed home, homeward, as it were, where one day we will dwell with God forever in the new heavens and the new earth, our eternal home. And so you see, we now have a new family. We now have a new family name. And we are growing and sharing the, the family resemblance as we grow more and more in Christ-likeness. And as I was thinking about that, it reminded me of my friend Hart growing up. 
uh, heart was, was adopted when she was a, a, a little baby. She was brought into a new family. She was given a new name. She was chosen, set apart. And, and, and as she grew up in this family, she grew in the family resemblance, sharing their beliefs, values. Well, we have been adopted into God's family. We are God's children. And as God's family, one biblical scholar points out, this highlights the significance of church. Christians gather in groups because being together matters. The word is taught in community. The gospel is lived out in community. And the local church is an incredibly powerful tool that God uses to remind us that we belong to his family. And so one thing we see here is that we are his family. Well, another thing that we see here is that we're his house. I'm sure you noticed that at the end of the passage, verse 6, it says, and we are God's house. And of course, the house that God is building through Jesus, it's not a physical house. It's a spiritual one. The people of God. The people of God. Uh, You might remember back a couple of weeks ago, our confession of faith that day, 1 Peter Uh, from 1 Peter 2, where Peter refers to Christians as living stones. Saying about you and me that we are living stones who are being built up together as a spiritual house. Of course, Paul speaks of this as well. In Ephesians 2, he says, You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Okay, so so the point is this, that not only does Christ dwell within each individual Christian, he also dwells within his house, that we as individual Christians are being brought together, are being built up into a dwelling place for God. We just sang about it a moment ago. And so Christ's Spirit dwells in His corporate body, the church. You see, we're not merely a bunch of individual pieces of wood just sitting around alone in a lumberyard. No, we are are being brought together, select pieces of wood brought together by Jesus as He builds His house. Well, here, Hebrews 3 We see about ourselves, we see that we are his family and we are his house. And so first, stay focused on Jesus because of who you are in Christ. And second, stay focused on Jesus because of who he is. Because of who he is. And who is Jesus? Well, what do we see here in this passage? And one of the things that we see is that Jesus is superior to Moses. In fact, the, the heading, the editorial heading in your Bible may state superior to Moses or greater than Moses. So why? Why does the author make such a big deal about this? Why does he make such a big deal about Jesus being greater than Moses? Well, friends, it's because Moses was a rock star. Okay, he was the rock star of the Hebrew people. 
They not only viewed Moses as the greatest of all Hebrews, but also as the greatest man of all history. I mean, think about it. Moses led the people. He led them out of Egypt. 400 years of slavery. He led them out of Egypt. What we know is the Exodus. He also received the law from God. The one who saw God face to face. The one who we think of at the, at the top of Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments, and then delivering God's word to the people. Further, Moses set up the whole system of worship. He's the author of the first five books of the Bible. Moses is a big deal. He is a huge pillar of faith, central to the faith. And yet, Jesus is superior to Moses. Now, I do want you to notice that the writer of Hebrew, does not, he does not belittle Moses, not at all. doesn't uh, say anything disparaging about him. In fact, he starts by praising both Moses and Jesus, and, and rightly so. So take a look, verse 2. It says, Jesus was faithful to God, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Both are faithful servants, and both are to be honored. Well, then we we see a shift. We see a shift in in the following verses. A couple of significant differences now highlighted by the author. Significant differences between Moses and Jesus. If you look at the end of our passage, verses 5 and 6, we see that Moses was in the house. He, He was in the house as a part of God's people. While Jesus is over the house. Additionally, Moses is described as God's servant, while Jesus is God's own son. As one scholar says, they're on the same team, but clearly Jesus surpasses Moses. And as the writer of Hebrews states, uh, verse 3, Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. You see, Moses was only part of the house, only part of God's people, a significant part, yes, but only part, while Jesus is the builder, the very builder of that house. Moses was faithful as a servant, while Jesus is faithful as a son. So as I mentioned a moment ago, I I grew up in northeast Georgia, and one of the things that I I did many summers is I I went to summer camp uh, in western North Carolina, Black Mountain to be exact. And and as I was growing up going uh, to camp, one of the guys that uh, was at camp with me is a guy who now runs the Biltmore Estate. Yeah, and, and, and it's pretty cool. Actually, a few years ago, several well, several years ago now, Heather and I had the opportunity. We, we, we met uh, Chuck at the front gate. He then drove us all around the property. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see today? Had tea out on some balcony somewhere. I mean, and it was amazing. It was great. And he's a great guy. But here's the thing. Fundamentally, he is a servant of the house. The greater honor and glory belong to Judge George W. Vanderbilt, the builder of the house. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is getting at here. 
That in the same way, while Moses was a faithful servant, and he was, the greater honor and glory belonged to Jesus, the Son of God and the builder of the house. And so we see that Jesus is superior. He is greater than even Moses. Well, another thing we see here, as one commentator puts it, is that Jesus is the bridge. He is the bridge between us and God. Uh, Verse 1. Verse 1, the writer of Hebrews refers to Jesus as the apostle and high priest. The apostle and high priest of our confession. Now, obviously, these aren't accidental terms. These are used very purposefully. And these two titles help us understand what it means that Jesus is the bridge between us and God. And so the, the first title, apostle, means sent one. Sent one. And although we typically think of the 12 disciples, when we think of the apostles, those who were sent out by Jesus, it's important to note that Jesus himself was the very first apostle sent out by God the Father. In fact, he says to his disciples in John 20, just as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. God sent Jesus to speak for him. God sent Jesus to speak for God to us. And so an apostle represents God to the people. Whereas a priest goes in the opposite direction. Well, the second title is high priest. And a priest represents people to God. He brings offerings and prayers before God on behalf of the people. And here what we see is that Jesus is uniquely both apostle and priest. He is both. Uh, Mike Kruger says it like this. Jesus goes both ways. From God to us and from us to God. And he can do this because he is both God and man. Who better to represent God to humans than God? And who better to represent humans to God than a human? Jesus alone is both of these. Fully God and fully man. He is the bridge between us and God. And so we see here that Jesus perfectly bridges the gap. Bridges the gap between us and God. Bridges the gap between heaven and earth. Well, so what? So, so, so why does this matter? Why, why does this matter for us today? I mean, that was a long time ago, right? We're talking about Jesus and and, and Moses. Why does it matter? Well, first and foremost, and and we saw this in the first couple of, of chapters, covered it there, that this means that now there is a way to be made right with God. That we are now able to have a right relationship with God because of this unique apostle and high priest. We are able to have that through the forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with God, which comes by trusting in the work of Jesus on the cross as your substitute. 
Have you trusted Jesus? And if not, why not? You don't have to be alone. You have an apostle and great high priest who has bridged the gap for you. Look to Jesus. Confess your sin to him and trust that he has finished all that is needed to bring you in relationship, right relationship with God. Well, there's another reason that it matters here. It also matters because you can now know the personal enabling help of your merciful and faithful high priest. Many times God can feel distant to us, but what we are hearing in this passage and what we so desperately need to believe and want to believe is that you, right here and now, each and every day, you can know personally the enabling help of your merciful and faithful high priest. For we have one who was made like us in every respect, who has suffered like us and who sympathizes with us in our suffering, and who stands with us now in the midst of everything we face. No matter how hard, no matter how painful, he is with us. In the words of Pastor Professor William Lane, there are periods in our lives when we feel terribly alone. There does not seem to be anyone who senses the sharpness of our pain or the depth of our despair. No one comes close enough to share our heart and to strengthen us with their presence. We feel vulnerable and exposed. Our one desire is to hide. And because every person has felt this way, we can identify with those who received this letter that we call Hebrews. Moreover, we can open ourselves to the truth that we are never as alone as we felt ourselves to be. For the Son of God shares our situation. He chooses to identify himself with us. He is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters or to acknowledge that we are God's children. He embraces us and shields us from the aloneness that threatens to destroy us. We are not alone. That is the assurance we find in Hebrews. We have a champion who fights for us. We have a high priest who has given himself for us and who stands with us now. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he is worthy and he is faithful. And so, friends, no matter how hard life gets, no matter how painfully you've been rejected or betrayed, no matter how misunderstood or isolated or left out you feel, you are never truly alone. Never. For we have a merciful and faithful high priest who is with us, who is for us, and who loves us with an undying love. And so go to him.
go to Jesus. For as the writer of Hebrews later says, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so, brothers and sisters, consider Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Like the tightrope walker, stay focused. And in our case, stay focused on Jesus and hold on to him who holds on to you and will never let you go. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our merciful and faithful high priest. We thank you for your your great passion and love toward us, for, for being that priest that we so desperately need, for giving yourself for us, for sharing in our suffering, for upholding us and being with us always. And we would ask now that you would convince our hearts more and more that you are with us, that you are for us, and that we are never alone that you will never forsake us, but that you will lift us up. And we look forward to the day that you return and make all things new. Amen.